listening to the Firecracker Podcast with Tony Rico. <laughs> so we are obviously rolling in what we'll call Studio B of uh, Firecracker Central with a, I'll say a most prestigious group. What would you say, Don? How would you? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bigger group today, and uh, this is—we're going to know at the end of this of whether this is a really good idea or a bad idea. But either way, I know it's going to be entertaining. So I want to kind of go around the table and show you who we've brought in today, and then we're going to get in some just some fun conversations. So we're going to start on my right. We never know when Coach Jim Trot's going to walk in, literally. So today he kind of popped in uh, unannounced, and, and he's going to have some great things to say. Next to him we have Coach Don Menard who is our patriarch, and we all remember him from past podcasts. We've got Vice President Sean Brashear, who made the drive down to uh, add his input. Across from the table of, uh, from him is Coach Doug Myers, which we're really excited uh, to hear kind of what's going on with Coach Doug. And then next to Coach Doug is Brett Denio, and he's our, really our special guest today because Brett's a friend of all of ours for, gosh. Years and years. Years, years. years Can we years. say decades? Decade at least. At the S. Decade at least. So I'd say a long time. And and Brett's a figurehead. And, and if you don't know Brett, you haven't been on the phone or haven't had to make, make any arrangements for your team or anything like that. But uh, I, I want to give people a little insight and, and bring this group together. But, uh, you know, what I want to start with is let, let's talk a little bit about the college game. We're, we're going to break into some personal stories and some different things like that. But I think right now we're hot into college season. And this weekend, who got a chance to see some of the, the games on, on ESPN? ESPN's opened their coverage up now. So usually we're seeing ESPN, uh, the College World Series coverage, the, the regionals, the super regionals, and maybe uh, some, some weekend games or two. But this weekend was what? What was that tournament? We were St. Pete Clearwater. Clearwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. St. Pete Clearwater. Now, was that, was that something that uh, ESPN covered, or were they part of the – was it their tournament as well? Their tournament. It, it was their, their tournament. Yeah, um, it's a woman-owned, woman-run um, so I know that uh, Meg Aronowitz from ESPN and uh, uh, Michelle Smith and Holly Rowe, they were all very instrumental in bringing that all together. First time? Uh, first time. Pulled off so some big teams? Time. Yeah. So what did you guys think? Some good games? Oh, great games, yes. Who did we watch? Games of, games of interest? What do you... Florida State played great, I thought. I mean, they're hitting the heck out of the ball. And uh, Oregon... Oregon, Oregon upsetting LSU in that yeah, first game they coming out. A little tired at the end. Their pitchers were heavily used because there were only two of them. I think that's, that's that look good. I think that's something that might happen during this year. I mean, just a lack of depth. But so let, let's go back to Florida State. So Florida State, when would we say they they kind of turned the corner? So you know, Lonnie Alameda has been part of the game for a long time. Knowledgeable, great lady, uh, been a coach for a long time. Uh, Florida State started to make a little noise. So I was talking to her yesterday a little bit, and it was about five or six years ago. She had, she had mentioned it was their 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 win against Michigan to get them to the College World Series. Was that 2014, 13, 14? 13, 14. But it's been about four or five years that, that Florida State is legit. Now a national championship last year, but do you, they're not a, a program that had a great pitcher, a great team, is making a little noise, and do you see them disappearing, or do you see them as a main factor now, and they're there? I think the thing I... I respect the most about Lonnie. Obviously, I've known her since when she was with UNLV, but they don't really recruit out on the West Coast too much. Um, You know, I think they only have one California kid, and I think that's Zoe Casas on there. Um, But they have done such a good job of recruiting down in the Southeast, and, um, you know, Megan King really came alive in the the World Series last year, and they've proven it this week or this weekend already, Mm -hmm. taking down a couple teams, and I, I think 
obviously they are the number one team right now. You have to rank them the number one team in the country. I love the way they play the game. I, I, I think I think that. they played the game the right way. I mean, I'm so happy and proud to be part of the the growth of our sport, but to see the game played the right way, uh, you, you you get to that level and you're starting to watch these pitchers. I mean, it's a half a ball difference on their pitches, a ball difference. You get to another level and you can see the pitching just isn't quite as precise, but it's they're they're a lot of fun to 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 watch play. And uh, I say I think they're gonna they're gonna be there in the end again. I think so. I think you know their their key. I think is really is how uh, uh, Caitlin Sandercock. Um, pitches for them. Mm-hmm. She obviously showed this weekend that she's ready for college. And, um, and what program did she come from? Uh, she was Virginia Glory. And uh, she made the junior national team uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that came out and really kind of surprised everybody because she was thrown in the high 60s. And uh, But she's she's really um, had a good weekend, I know, watching her pitch. And, and I think that's going to be huge because you have to have a second arm. You just can't live with one arm these days. So what do you guys think about the growth of the Southeast? The Southeast legit. The players are legit. Teams are legit. Impact wins uh, premier last last year. So, so I'll, you know, being West Coast guys, what what's what's the possibility of of in three to five years they're right there, just like SEC with PAC, you know, the the PAC conference. So the growth of the of the Southeast, I don't think is is short term. I think, I think well, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's I there. Mean, you can tell the programs are, are, you know, well ran and so much talent, you know, there's so much more opportunities for girls to, to be trained and at the play at the level that, that we've only kind of had it sectioned off in the West coast for so long. Now you can see it, that it's, it's um, pretty much equal across the board. And could you see it staying that then having that leverage there and, and continuing through the next few years? So, so let's say old school West coast guys, you know, if they didn't get it and just rah, 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 don't take it seriously, and then they are. Next thing you know, it's you know we've kind of seen that with some of the college conferences. It's you know I think all respect given to the to the Southeast. They're doing a great job. Great looking players. There are more players playing at the highest level now that I really didn't have any part of their development. We didn't really see them here in the West Coast. So it's it, we're kind of just seeing them. Florida State, not you. Brett's an encyclopedia knows yeah. so much about yeah. so many players, but for so many people that I see, it's like wow. And, and I'd say hats off to the Southeast. They're just doing an outstanding well, well, job. Well, you know the disparity. I think you know always you know the West Coast is still going to have the numbers. You're going to have more players out here, the more elite players. But the, I think the disparity between the, the East and the South is it's level. They're they're at the same level that we are. It's just they might not have the numbers that we have. Especially the pitching, I think, is uh, leveled off in California. We're back east, and um, you see much better, in my opinion, much better depth at pitching. There's some technologies going on in pitching that not Major League Baseball is using these technologies, Mm -hmm. and softball is beginning to use the technologies. I don't know what the name of them is, but it has to do with spins and the type of spin. Mm-hmm. And there's equipment for that. It, it costs about $15,000 to get the equipment you need to do that. But I think that's a big thing. I think it's uh, it's going to change pitching significantly. There's a lot of great data out there available yeah. for, for instruction and for players. And-, and I think they're doing some of that back there. I know that uh, the bombers are doing it in Texas. Yeah. Sure. Well, there's a lot of people, like you said, and, and Sean had mentioned it, really uh, developing their programs. So, so great for the sport. I mean, if we can't, you know, I, I think it's important that we support and, and we 
we uh, encourage our peers and competitors to all be successful because it's really our industry. And that's, and that's really what, you know, seeing the presentation of the tournament this early this weekend on TV and seeing the commitment from ESPN to show that many games. And now, how about that ESPN app? So did you get the ESPN app? I actually got to watch, I watched most of the games on that ESPN app. I had both care. I had my iPad going and I had the, the TV going all day and I actually did get to go out to UCLA on, on Saturday night too and watch some games. But, so we always balk at any time we have to pay for anything. There's a cost to doing business in softball now. That's just what it is. And so worth the value of, what, five bucks a, a, a month? Heck, I thought it was great. Oh, yeah. So the other thing with, uh, and Florida is a point, is that baseball, and I, I think softball's following baseball, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so I see baseball with the swing, now the plane of the swing, and they want to hit the ball at the yard. And you look at Florida State, they hit the ball at the yard, all of them. Um, Five home runs against Oklahoma and yeah, five different players. <laughs> well, the chatter was they weren't sure what kind of team they were going to be. You know, a short game, sacrifice, yeah. steal some bases. And as they're saying that, balls are just flying with yeah. the fence. It's just... The, the level of teaching going into those players and, and what those players at Florida State are getting is, is um, almost uh, in a continuing education. They're continuing to learn the game at a very professional level up there. So how do you how do you get some insight on what their approach is, what their mindset is? You listen to the interviews. You listen to what the players are saying. I, I don't remember the player uh, post-game, but she says, we're trying to hit the ball to the big part of the field. And I, and I thought about that. I thought about the approach because we, we have, and Sean and I relate to this kind of with his right brain approach of how, how to navigate on the field. And trying to hit the ball to the big part of the field. So if you think about that, you're you're looking towards the big part of the field. Anything that's hitting here towards the corners, I mean, you're not taking those pitches towards the big part of the field. So it really is another way of allowing you to recognize pitches that you can hit to the big part of the field. You know, so I think it's really, really interesting. And so you listen to their approach and, yeah, yeah. success. And, and they're going to expose, you know, you're going to expose yeah. even great pitchers when they make a mistake at that level. Yeah. They're, 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 they're prepared to take advantage. So they're getting yeah. a lot of doubles, some triples, yeah. home runs. So... They that that means that the you, you stop giving up outs to move runners, which so you've got more people hitting away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just snowballs. And we'll follow that all the way to the championship game, mm-hmm. right? So when so when the launch angle beats dominant pitching, and then we can sit here and say now right. great hitting beats great pitching, but I'm not prepared to say that. Yeah, not, uh, not and exactly. I think that uh, the 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 pitcher from Madison, James Madison, proved that right. Yeah, I mean, right. give me a break. Yeah. That that that's a uh, so all of the data and all that, great, but we always caution people, be careful of what you're buying into. This is great to have information. It's great to all that, but don't be sold that now that's going to take you to the promised land because if you really slow motion the swing now, even with the theories and with the approaches and, and slow motion a swing 30 years ago, same damn swing. You know, when you look at a game swing, not the practice swing, not what people are practicing. And so I'll just put this out there for people. But when you look at a game swing, what's happening? It's the same, same swings always happen. What used to happen before is that the hitters 20 years ago used to think a lot differently than they do now. So swinging down, doing all these different things, and now the data says you don't do that. We're not going to get into 20 minutes of that, but Sean and I and, and a lot of coaches can talk about be careful of only thinking about what happens because if you don't know how to overcorrect, overadjust, and overthink in this game, and all of a sudden someone exposes your data and you can't make an adjustment like we saw the Dodgers do against the Red Sox or they couldn't do, then, then you're stuck in the water, and you don't win championships that way. So, you know, so there's, there's making the game appealing and there's exciting, there's home runs and there's all of these things, but it's, 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 there's those things that go into those higher level of most more efficient programs too. So let's go to Oregon. We guys talk, brought up Oregon as well too. That was the second team they brought up. What'd you think of that little picture? 
Uh, Dial? The, the one from uh, Virginia? Yeah, the lefty. The lefty is pretty crafty. And she had a very good weekend, obviously. And, you know, um, I think, you know, I, I feel for Missy what she's been through, but we all know Missy well enough that she's going to be just fine. And, right. uh, well, once the games start to play and Missy can do what she does best, which is, you know, run a pitching staff, and you can see that with the lefties, like that's when the, I think it'll start to turn a little bit. And they showed that. Again, the depth will be the issue because you play a long season. Mm-hmm. Do they have enough to overcome anything? And that, I thought Megan know? did a good but, job. She was calling the pitches. Yeah. Which, well, Missy was telling her. Megan was giving a sign. You have to watch the dynamics. You have to, yeah, you're seeing numbers, but you can see the thing. And you're that that up, yeah. But, what, but I, it was nice to see Missy back in the saddle doing the things because this has been quite a change for her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, it's, I don't think it's within normal parameters. Pretty interesting, unique situation. But to see her back doing the things that really got her where she is, notoriety-wise, you know, that was good to do. Did you have an idea that the pitcher is going to do as well before? So, Br- Brett Denio, I wanted to ask you, is, is that... What what nationality is that, or or the the name Denio? Uh, it's French. So does that stand for like don't I know like don't I know everything or no. I don't I know because I wanted to explain to people how we're going to go to you. Actually, it was more Brett in denial, you know. Being it, a, <laughs> I was in denial so for so many years. So there's, years, there's, so there's you know, different phases. So different but phases, talking yeah. about the the pitcher dial and yeah. what did you know about her before? Did you think she was going to do well when she came over? I really didn't know much about her. I know she came out of Virginia Tech and she you know she had a decent year last year nothing to really you know to make waves or make news about did Pete um, bring her in the Virginia Tech or no she was her? there okay. she was there but um you know I think obviously when you've got somebody like Missy who has worked with some of the best pitchers ever to play this game you know in Oklahoma she knows how to bring the best out of a pitcher mm-hmm. um you know and and that's what I think her challenge right now is obviously I think you've seen what she's already done with with Jordan um Dahl but you know it's going to be how McGrandall comes along and, um, you know, I think the, really the biggest surprise for me with Oregon right now was how the freshmen performed this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, they came out and they hit the ball. They put up a lot of runs. I think they showed you know? grit. Yeah. I think I think this, as a team, there were some times when they were trading a little well, bit and they showed grit. They've been kicked around a little bit. So yeah. it's good to see I like they were fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. they responded. You look at Jasmine Seavers and, you know, Jasmine She's has kind of a hot start. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, was she really known for her hitting that way? No, she was more, I don't she was more of her defense, but she came out. But she did well. But she I believe she's respected defense. at the highest level of play, and I think at that highest level of play, you don't great players find national ways team. things yeah, to get that. You know, yeah, you don't go to try it like that and, <laughs> yeah. and not make noise because there's a lot of great players there. Now go back to to the style of pitcher, and you know, uh, Wendy playing at Oklahoma, and you've seen the the left-handed dominance at Oklahoma. Watching Missy call pitches for those left-handers, she understands. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. You watch some of those sequences and things like that, and. She makes that ball dance, and it's not just having a left-handed pitcher in her hands. I mean, she's 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 pushing some buttons there, and so it's it's pretty fun. You've seen that for a long but time. She always take the lefty. Yeah. <laughs> well, but let's say that that's what she does. I mean, yeah, let's like, let's say let's say you've got to increase your value, you've got to win games, and if that's what you're more inclined to do, it would be like all of a sudden not to say that Doug wouldn't be a power hitting. Uh, a batting coach or anything, but you know, an offensive minded, you're going to go with what you, you know. It's like Doug said to me, is we need more lefty slappers. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> took you a little while, but you're, you're doing better there. But I mean, that does make sense for a coach to to you know, if the coach is versatile, can work with a little bit of everything. But I thought that was that was pretty inter- interesting. But that they, uh, I think, what did they do? Well, I, I think she, and this is not even me knowing. I think she knew that kid's style and I think she was attracted to it right I, I think it was I think she understood what that girl had in potential mm-hmm. and that's why it was her 
you know, again, I have no inside information. I just would have that as a thought. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't do, do like us and go, we need, we need a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, you, can you give me a picture? We got a picture. Hey, we got a picture coming. What do you know about it? Okay. Hey, she's starting. There she is. Anybody that doesn't roll the ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's important. So she's got that 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 definitely that stylistic. So who else stuck out to you? Any players? Any other teams? You were down in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. So you want to give us a recap on that? Do you, do you remember? You got, I, I got a nice picture of you napping. The, the tequila was great. If we're going to talk Puerto Vallarta, you're going to start. You're going to start with one of the best players in the country. And she comes right out of your organization and one of the funnest kids to watch, and that's Sis Bates. Yeah, well, Sis, Sis is, a, I tell you what, the team is not quite the same without Z. Right. And that synergy from uh, Z and Z Sis? and Sis, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, not the, it's not there yet. I think Sis is trying to get that yeah. happening with her infield mates, but... Her and Taryn have, yeah. have, have really developed really well, but it's, it's getting that third base position. Yeah. I know they've been rotating a few kids yeah, through that third base position, been. so... Yeah. But yes, you're right, Sis. Uh, is, and then we've got some, I thought, uh, Allie Bunker, or Allie Wester, pardon me. Allie Wester was, was terrific. Uh, Allie really made some nice plays down there, some great plays defensively, and she hit the ball pretty good. Well, if she's I had to go back, the kid who uh, impressed me the most, and I'd have to go back to St. Pete, and that's over the two weeks, is also another firecracker, uh, is Amanda Sanchez. Um, Sanchez. That girl can flat out hit. Yeah. And I mean, flat she's out She's just hit. fun to watch yeah. it right now. I had a good conversation with her this weekend. And, and it's funny how players, they just sometimes they just need a little um, uh, reassurance. I mean, my God, you hit six or seven hundred, and you're not going to think about the Arbery you didn't get or something. I'm like, Sanch, like, like. Just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, she's fun to watch. Here. Where did she when she left Missouri? Where did she end up? Where she's at LSU. LSU. Oh, okay. at LSU. And I know Sunsuri Sun Shelby really had like mm-hmm. six home runs this weekend. But if you really look at their offense, who came up clutch all the time was Amanda. Hey, and Amanda's hitting in front of her. Amanda's hitting right in front of her. They got right. Doyle, Sanchez. So she'll continue to get pitches. She's got. So, they've got a good middle of the part, part yeah. of the lineup. Yeah. yeah, Howard's done a good job this year with their <laughs> offense. Obviously, they've got some young pitchers with Wickersham. Um, coming out, but she's, she obviously did well. But Sanchez is going to be real key for that this year. I've always liked uh, just – she's always been a good-looking player ever since she was – I tried to get her. I tried to get her to leave the firecrackers years ago, and I couldn't do it. I don't know what happened, but, you know. Listen, you always would tell us if we're doing a good job or not. That's, 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 that's what we like about that checks and balances. She's, she's always had a good-looking swing. I like the fact she hits line to line. You know, that she can right. hit left field, one at-bat, and go right field, next at-bat. So she, she definitely was looking good. Well, I was happy to see Grace playing just because of how she ended last year. Grace Lyons. For months, and they come out there and... Well, she's key play. for Oklahoma because when you lose a Kelsey Arnold, um, you know, a kid who started at shortstop for four years. I mean, was good enough to, to move Romero over to short and Knighton over to fir- or third and Knighton over to first. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've got... You're, you're and a different kind of shortstop. Arnold was really athletic. I remember right. her back from from travel days. Very, 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 very yeah. athletic. Very good. Kind of a game changer, but very yeah. athletic. And and Grace is is I don't think that's as much of her strength. Uh, this was brought up this weekend, but it was like no, I think Grace was born with that swagger. I mean, she just she has she carries herself a certain way. It's always been noticeable. And what a great kid. Uh, yeah. You know, she's she's just fun to watch. So. They're always going to be in the running, of course, Oklahoma. And, and uh, did they lose the games this weekend? Florida State. Florida State, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the five home runs, I think. They yeah. gave up 
It's tough to overcome, I guess. Well, and five home runs with a new pitcher coming in. They just they beat everybody that they play, and they and they just don't have two to one games. They beat people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So so then there's the question is more, like could be more dominant than Oklahoma when you know they can they have the ability to Mike Tyson you right yeah. like just you know yeah. ten twelve maybe UCLA would be the other one yeah. you know as far I got, as I got to watch UCLA this weekend and um, I watched both Garcia and Faramo and. Um, I think Megan Faramo this year is going to be huge for UCLA. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know they can hit. They, they've got a, line, a lineup that can really hit. But, you know, Garcia, you know, battling the injuries the last few years, they really didn't have any dominance. So really could pay out in the very last piece of the season. Correct. Right. Right. When you've got mm-hmm. two pitchers, you know, you've got to have those two arms. And now it, now everything. And they still have Holly Acevedo, right. too, who can throw. So. Right. Right. You know, the, the team that nobody really knew much about down in in Port of Arda was Liberty. Dot oh, well, everyone knows about Dot. But they got the Bishop right. sisters. Now, we know because they can, they've got Amber and Autumn who came from out in the Temecula area, Marietta right. Valley area, right. and they never really played for any big programs here. They played um, for Jensen. They played for Jensen Strike Force, and nobody could ever get them to leave. Right. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know what you guys ever tried. I mean, I know I approached them. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, you know. uh, I think they trusted Jim. I could be wrong. Jim did a good job of providing what they needed. You yeah. know, we had a little dialogue. It wasn't about them moving at all. Right. But I got the sense that they were, they had a really strong relationship, yep. you know, and sure. not looking for anything else. And so, you know, if you're happy where they're at, that's, that's great. So they made a little noise. They hit the ball pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And now uh, Southern California, we've, we act like you know, we don't know what to do because we've been rained out more here in the last couple of weeks. Oh, and, how frustrating is that? My gosh, yeah. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's been, how, it's how, been a lot more How much than, rain you know, have we had since the uh, beginning of January? About 25 inches or something? It's been a lot. Well, when's the last time you remember this? So again, the rest of the country is going to go, wah, wah, SoCal. I mean, this is what we have to deal with all the time, but... But I, I don't know. I think that I think the wind and the cold and just this whole kind of vein of everything. It's just been so. Game uh, uh, high school teams sneaking in games on Sunday. I think right. Is that they, no? Or they no. can't play on they Sunday. They can't play on yeah. Sunday. And, 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 and uh, we, we, we had a high school tournament. You know, uh, we were hosting a high school tournament with PGF and and uh, had to cancel it because of the rain. And, and I think we only got one travel ball tournament in on the twenty sixth and twenty seventh, which uh, Sean won. Yeah. And uh, was Coach Hanswith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got bullets. Yeah. from California who were very surprising. But that's, so that's I would imagine time. tournament directors in, in like the Southeast just know that, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look at so many weekends. I'm going to put so many events. But also by just Mother Nature, I know that I'm going to lose a percentage of those events. And, and then there you are. And so, you know, what you and Don know about, about weather checks. and yeah, I've been you know, through a few. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, out here dealing with the cities, you know, with the fields, they, they shut it down at the first sign of rain. I, I don't know how they are back east. Um, I think they probably have better drainage on their fields. And, they use and, a different they use mixture. They use a different mixture, so they're able to kind of get, to get some that. in. Uh, um, but out here, it's if it rains, we're done, so... Yeah. Well, look at the sand that they had in Colorado. I mean, we, we'd be in championship games, hailing, yeah. pouring. We're like, we're out of here. And an hour later, sun breaks. Big league dreams will be playing, the and the cities won't be. Right. That's what... Right. Big league dreams, yeah, it it means money to them, and they get the fields ready. Yep. But the city, it's like... Well, it's that. Uh, no, I don't think we can no. do that. Well, that's a liability situation, too. If somebody gets, you know, hurt seriously... <laughs> They're going to but that's why we always like to have a good lawyer on staff and, and around because, oh, you know, so, it's just like, do you know any? 
So, uh, do you know any good lawyers around here? There aren't any. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly, inconspicuous about being one. Um, you know, Brett. One of the reasons I, I I was glad that you you came in is, and I I want to share the insight with people is the thing that I'm most proud of, and I think that you're the the reason you're the asset that you are to our industry is because you really truly care about people. And that, you know, I told you today, this is a conversation between guys that go back a long time. We're all doing our different things with companies and we all went our ways and the, the growth of the sport and everything. But just the fact that that you care about people and, and in your current role right now, I, I've always explained to people that, look, when you get a chance to talk to Brett, because Brett is, you're, you're empathetic. And and empathy, whether you're naturally like that or not, is key in developing relationships. And in softball, it's it's absolutely about the relationship. And so, you know, thinking about it, and you had mentioned a couple of things, but going back when you mentioned Don coming in, but when tell me some some first instances you remember with either this guy or this guy. And goes back how far? Because well, it's been a long road. It's been a long road, and um, you know, for most people that don't know, I, I mean, I was a drug addict. I was a crack addict for 20 years, and I got sober in 1999. And, and uh, my kids didn't even know what softball was. Did and softball do that to you, or is that what that was? Before I got softball? sober before softball, and and actually, I, I live in Tustin, so Columbus, Tustin. Uh, Gary Henning used to host the uh, uh, the October Oktoberfest, uh, Oktoberfest right. there, and that was the first time I went down there with my kids. And uh, and uh, I, uh, McElroy, uh, Tatiana McElroy's dad was there, and mm-hmm. I think he was coaching the RBI Monarchs, maybe or something like that. And, and the Batbusters in the pastime, yeah. and you had uh, and then you had Fat Matt. And the OC Athletics, and mm-hmm. and I go back, but that's where I first got into softball and I got my kids involved in it. But when I got into travel, um, and, and I'll be honest with you, when I first got into travel, I started in 14s with the SoCal Hurricanes and kind of, you know, didn't know what the 18-under level was. and and But I learned as I started moving up in the age groups, I learned something from a gentleman in this room who I really tried to develop my programs in that way. And that's Mr. Menard. And it, I have so much respect for the way Don had done things and, and the way he recruited. So I used to go out there and recruit and I, you know, pick his brain and, and, um, and, uh, then try to get the kids that he wasn't going after. And, uh, <laughs> which was always hard. You but know? We all had to find our place. That's what we had had to find our place, you know, and we all started somewhere. And, and you had to start. And, and, you know, and then when I moved over to explosion, when my daughter moved up to 18s and, and obviously you guys all remember Joe Weddle. So that was always an interesting, um, <coughs> one of the best softball coaching minds mm-hmm. I'd ever coached against. So when you coached against Joe, you don't come in with your second best game. And I know you yep. know this because you've had a lot of years of, of the program, but yes. his insight to the pitch to pitch, Coaching was and the very, extreme very defenses that you see. Yeah. Joe Joe was a special coach, and I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and uh, you know, and I just basically managed the teams. And but you know, I and a couple people here were my daughter's hitting coaches. Doug was one of my daughter's first hitting coaches when I think she turned to the left side and became a slapper. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she went to you. So I mean, I owe a lot to the people in these rooms. And uh, you know, and I remember Jim Trot coming back. Uh, bringing his USA athletics over to Columbus Tustin to play in my friendlies. And, um, but you know, Don was one who taught me so much on developing relationships with families and kids and parents and recruiting kids. And, um, it, you know, it's, it is about the girls and it's always been about the girls for me. When I, when I got sober, I, for me, it was just really trading one addiction for another. I got addicted to softball, absolutely got addicted to softball. Um, still into this day, I, it's, it's in my blood. And, yeah. um, and a lot of people relate to that. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. 
you know, funny uh, recruiting story, though, and I'm bringing this up because I told Tony, I said, you know, I go back, and these are a couple of players that everybody knows, and that was uh, back in 14 and under, and we had a tournament out there in uh, Hemet at Diamond Valley, and um, I knew Tony was recruiting uh, Taylor Vanzi, and so I thought that I was going to have a chance to get Nicole DeWitt, and uh, I've been, you know, talking with either one. I figured you were going to take one of them. Maybe I could get the other one, and watching a game, and Nicole was playing for Jeff Blanco at the time and came up and hit a home run about, I don't know, about 240. And Tony goes, so that's done. And I was like, well, there goes that. I'm losing both of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so you got to know your place. As you're, and as like you're we, growing, we, we mentioned earlier, we all, we, all, we all have our place. I mean, our, yeah. our very first 18 yeah. and under team was the first tryouts were set at 1 o'clock because we waited for the other two dominant programs to have their tryouts because we... Yeah. We're going after the players that weren't going to make those two teams. So it's, it's really being able to find your place with that, you know. It and is. then and then you it mentioned is. maybe uh, 10 years or so ago that you had wrote a piece on Coach Doug here. And you know, I started writing for Brent Eads and student, sort, student sports softball years ago, and, and I wrote an article on Doug, and I wished I could have found it. If my computer hadn't crashed and Brent's uh, uh, computer hadn't crashed, I would have it. And it was one of my favorite articles I'd ever written. And, oh, um, and it was really, and I don't know whether you remember it, um, but it was about your past and your history and some of your favorite players and some of the best players to ever play for you, you know, the Raven Chavons and that kind of thing. And, um, but I started writing for, for Brent and it really, you know, between Brent and then Derek Allister and working with Derek at the on deck camps, it really opened me up to the elite level of, of softball. And, um, you know, got to write, and then I wrote for yes. I actually got to work for ESPN for three years, right. and I worked with Megaronowitz and Jess Mendoza and and Holly Rowe and Beth Mowens, and and got to go to the 2010 World Series, which was fun in Oklahoma City. If you have never That's been right. there, That's it right. is That's a bucket right. list thing. It was, it was great. Um, you met Ken and, Johns. Yeah, absolutely, you know, I worked with Karen. Karen. I, yeah. Karen was so, working so up Derek Allister, Red Eid, Karen Jones. Again, some great quality people in the sport. Absolutely, you know, and I, and I'll never forget because a funny story when I was at the World Series was, you know, I mean that was the year that Arizona played a, a UCLA in the championship, and of course I was close with the Fowlers and I was close with the Langenfields, so I brought the parents into the truck to the ESPN production truck, and they could they're like, you know, all these people, and I was like, yeah, you know, I know these people, and. And, uh, and and then to watch them face in the championship game was, was great. But, uh, you know, at the World Series there, when you get there and uh, all the teams go through a little question and answer with Mendoza and all the, the sportscasters. And, and I got to sit behind because I actually wrote for them. I would write them, give them stuff, you know, stats and interesting stories and that kind of thing. And, and I, I would sit behind and they'd bring the coach in. And the coach would go down the line and shake his hand, shake all their hands, and then he'd come around and give me a hug. You know, it was like you know, it was it was like, how do you know them? And I was like, well, I know all the coaches. It's you know, Jerry Glasgow was there back then, and and uh, Georgia, and, and that was the year I'll never forget because they did the whole Megan Langenfield screwball, and you guys know Megan so well. And and I remember they did a little piece on him, and they, Jerry had all the or had all the balls out there, and the weight would go, and he had the weight, and he had all the girls. He was I don't know whether you remember that, but he was. Showing them this is where it's going to go and this and that and all those things you you just learn from Jerry's one that obviously I have so much respect for and and um, 
And let's okay. take a quick second on that because, my gosh, you know, it is through adversity and tragedy where you really see where people come from. And Jerry Glasgow's always been a dear friend of ours. We go back. And again, us learning on the rough side of him, him beating us and knocking us out of turn. He, our our yeah. one and only yeah. O2 barbecue, two, two Jerry Glasgow. You know, that was it. But being a good friend and then the tragedy that he suffered with his family and then... He to see, right and to see what what a a a belief and a faith in a bigger power than we are ourselves can do for someone because that's you know his resiliency through this situation has just been amazing and 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 you I, know, know I go from a does. friend but but as a as a dad or a father uh, you know I'm not even I don't know how I couldn't even stand next to him I couldn't stand next to him I couldn't even imagine that's Jerry that's you know, unbelievable. He's, he's putting his sorrow aside for the, the benefit of the team and the girls. And, and it's team. genuine. It's not. It's not. He's not Absolutely. putting this media front out there for it. I mean, because that's we know Jerry, Jerry, but but that's where you really get get to see something. So so we'll start to spin it back around now. At any point, did you realize, like like Coach Doug, we're going to change the tone of the podcast a little bit here. Did you realize that he was almost like a Rona Barrett himself? At what point did you know that Doug likes to share information in the softball world as well? <laughs> If you want a secret, don't tell Doug. <laughs> well, I would, I would say keep you two in a room, and that would be, that would be, that would be pretty interesting because that's that came from Brendan Iowa's story. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know. But do you remember what the piece was that you wrote about? What, what the... it was just really about his history, and you know, I mean, and that was I think it was right before '06. Didn't you win in '06 up in Seattle? Yeah, we yeah. won. We actually won. Uh... Five and six and, and three. So we had three out of four we got. That goes back, you know, in 06 uh, up in Seattle, Washington, when they hosted ASA Nationals, I think that was like the first year that the recruiting really started hitting 16 and under because, I mean, I, I'll never forget because all of a sudden it was like 100 coaches at 16 under Nationals. Yeah, and there never was in the previous years. Yeah. And Doug's team just went right through it. Um, and then, what, Katie Laban? Well, actually, uh, Katie Laban was – was one of the two pitchers we used. We used, uh, I just drew a blank as to her last name. Morning? No, Mac. Um, oh, uh, the, Oaks, Mackenzie Oaks. Mackenzie Oaks, yeah. yeah. She actually beat, uh, what was the former Arizona State pitcher that won those championships? Uh, Bert Hart? No. Um, Dallas Escobedo. Dallas Escobedo. We beat her 11 nothing in the championship game. But it was just, the, the interesting thing about that team is if you're going to put them on the field, you would think that nobody should play the players at the positions. I mean, Boo played, uh, uh, Christy uh, Ariola played shortstop for us. And this girl, Mo. Lenny Correa. You had a yeah. few players, though. So. <laughs> but the great thing about that team is they hit great pitching. If you threw somebody like 50 miles an hour, we'd stink. But, right. uh, but anyway, it was, I, and sometimes that, that that would happen to great teams. You throw the thumber against them, right? Yeah, it was it was interesting where you actually got to play in a in a tournament where you didn't have to worry about it being a hundred degrees. You no, know? it was it was nice. It was but really I was nice. I that 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 article that you wrote really meant a lot to me. I I was so impressed the way you 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 did that. I think one of the things was it was. Because we'd had some really good teams at modern day, and you asked me about all the teams that I had. I said, well, it was our, our 96 team when we had Marissa Young and T and all those other yep. other kids that played. But that was that was really impressive. You know, I, I enjoyed writing. And, um, you know, here you, here's a funny story with uh, with writing. One of the – at Boulder, we were back in Boulder, and uh, there was a player who I actually just got to go watch. She's a senior this year at Ole Miss, and that's Brittany Finney. 
and she threw against uh, UCLA this last Saturday night and gave up, I think, uh, 300 runs, and they lost 4 to nothing. but she threw a great game. It was a really good game. It should have been a 0-0 game. But, you know, I first saw Brittany Finney in Boulder uh, facing, she was a 7th grader, and she was facing Marty Tyson, and she beat Marty Tyson. And, wow. and um, I did it. I was writing for ESPN, and it was Garland Cooper at the time. And uh, I wrote something, and, and Brittany and her grandmother found me the next day and just said, we just wanted to thank you for that article you wrote. And, you know, that it started a friendship that never ended. Um, I helped her. I got her into Alistair's on-deck camp. Uh, you know, she was dead set on going and playing for Mike Kendra at Arizona. Uh, Mike at the time... Um, I didn't think he had money. I think Shelby Penley was, he wasn't sure whether she was going to redshirt. And so he wasn't sure how the money was going to work out. Well, I got her into Alistair's and she ended up at Oklahoma where she's transferred now to Ole Miss. But to see, she played for me for two years and she traveled from Kansas. Um, and you know how that is. You've had players that'll travel a long ways. And, um, but just writing that article had opened up a door to a, a lifelong friendship. Right. And, um, so I enjoyed writing, and your article was one of my favorites to write. It really was. Do, do you do you have do you do you have that article? Do you save things like that, or you just I actually put them uh, in a box somewhere? I don't. I know, they're not on, <laughs> I know they're not on your walls. You're not a real big accolade guy, but uh, do you have that article that he wrote? I I wish I did, and that's why I actually I asked tried him to find about it. it. There was nothing on on computer back then. So I, I told him the the, the student I, sport I, article I have is in a, in a little plastic yeah, sleeve I, somewhere. And I, I, I couldn't find copy it. Of it. I actually called Brent last night, and he was trying to find it too, and we, we just weren't able. to I'd ask him about that too at one point, and they did the same thing. But that that was. I really enjoyed that. Well, I think I think one of the things we try to do is is capture in, and not so much document, but capture kind of our stories because you know we were kind of joking earlier about we're all getting older, so there might have been a time when you know this conversation was a bit different, but like right now, it's like I don't know if Jim just made sure Don was awake, or I don't know if anybody. <laughs> Anybody has to use the restroom? Does anybody need medication? But you know, we're not going to fake it in front of people. We're just going to kind of, kind of roll along with things. And we sometimes it's our memory. So we're talking about you had a, uh, you had a, 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 almost like a superhero incident or something. But it was, it was a call to action. I mean, the, the whole thing was. was my question dumbest, is like, I love this story. It was I mean, part of it is I that did. you know, all of a sudden in the moment, the fight or flight thing, you didn't flight. It was and so. Uh, it was the dumbest thing I've done. You know this. <laughs> and there's a lot of and there's a lot of dumb things I've done. Years, but but uh, <laughs> you know, back uh, right before Boulder this last year in June, um, woke up in the middle of the night about one thirty in the morning and to a car out in front of my house and and I couldn't figure out why this Mustang was sitting out in front of my house and I grabbed my phone and I grabbed the keys to my car and I went out the door in just shorts. And I had a guy that was broken into my car, and he was just—he wasn't stealing the car; he was stealing stuff out of the car. And of course, what's your my first initial response? He ran to his car, was to chase after him, and you know, like an idiot, I got in front of him, thinking I'm going to take a picture of his license plate. And of course, he didn't have a license plate on the front, so now I'm stuck in front of a car. And, um, okay, now, but wait, at this point now, so so the doctors say, you know, teenagers are more aggressive because they don't have a developed frontal lobe, so they kind of, yeah. they, they fight and fight. So I'm wondering, you had some frontal lobe development at this time. Was it kicking in, discretions, better part of valor, no, my kids, no, uh, it was my grandkids, like it nothing. It was nothing. only, get this guy? I, none of that. Uh, bottom line is, is, you know, he kept holding something out the window, and I was just like, drop it, and you can go, and he wouldn't do that. <laughs> You know, he was back, he showing you? Or yeah, was it he... was my wallet. It, it turned out to be my wallet. I didn't even realize I'd left my wallet in the car. But 
Um, he backed all the way down the street, and I kind of walked him down the street. He got down to the cul-de-sac. Well, he tried to race around me, and then he swerved into me, and it was either go on the hood or get run over. And I ended up on the hood for almost three blocks, uh, going <laughs> forwards so, and backwards. So and okay. Does it all happen and you have no thoughts, or is it like I'm at that on point, the hood of a car? No, at that point, I knew I was screwed. Um, it was it was just <laughs> hold on for dear life, and I still had my phone in my hand. <laughs> And I'm holding, unfortunately, in the Mustang, you know, the, the way the hoods are, I was able to hold on to the hood really well. So, you know, he went forward and then he went backwards and he raced around the corner and I almost fell that time and I held on. And I'm trying to break his window with, with my right hand while I'm holding on to that phone because there was no way I was going to let that phone go. And you're going to break his window, and pull him out like I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, but, <laughs> you know, and, you know, two blocks, two and a half blocks away, he finally threw me from the car, and, um, you know, I got knocked out in the middle of the street, and at 1.30 in the morning, and uh, glasses went flying, you know, and and um, when I came to, I was like, okay, where are my glasses? Because I can't see, I'm legally blind without my glasses, and I um, found my glasses, and I just walked home and started walking across the carpeting, I'm like, there's blood on the carpeting, well, that's pretty good, Why where am I bleeding? I'm checking my head, and I had a huge lump out the back of my head, and and um, but I was had so many road burns all the way uh, up and down my body and my feet were. How, how fast was he going at any? Like, you know, when I let go, it wasn't going that fast. Fortunately, because he he had actually uh, he was going backwards at this point. Um, this is how the he was trying to shake him. He was trying to shake me, and, and if I had let go a couple seconds earlier, I think uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, because he was had been going really fast when he hit the brakes and turned, and that's when I ripped my feet up because I flew to the other side of the car and my feet hit the ground. And you're barefoot. Started, I was barefoot. And then he started going. Um, Let's get better, right? <laughs> start. And I'm, the I'm visuals not, are getting and, and even better. Good. Even better is I'm diabetic. Okay, I, and this and I have neuropathy, and, and so you know when you start get, ripping your feet up, then you have to worry because if you get infection in your feet, they don't right. heal. Right. Um, but he started back up, and that's when I flew <laughs> to the other side and I let go. So it wasn't as bad, but you know I. When I got home, I was out of it, and I went in and cleaned my feet up and put socks on and cleaned my knees up because they were all bleeding, put long pants on, and I climbed to bed. And then I started realizing that I had this lump out the back of my head, and, and I wasn't feeling too good, so I woke my mother up, and she was of no help. Um, you know, she's 88 years old, and I said, just call 911. And she's like, how do you do that? And um, so... God bless her. God bless her. God bless her. So we got the police out there, and then that's when I realized my wallet was gone. And then I was like, that's what he was holding out the window. I didn't know what it was. But he had, you know, it was... It definitely, was he you know, doing that to show you I got your wallet? Yeah, it was like, here, come around to the side. I'll give you... you know, give catch to you. this guy? Or? He just wanted... No, they never caught him. Um, they actually... <laughs> You know, they take, they rushed me to, because of my head, and, and then I started having some chest pains, so they rushed me in, and, and um, the first the first police officer that walked through happened to be Trung Nguyen from the yeah, Monarchs, yeah. and I, I'm like, I recognize you, and he goes, well, I recognized your name right away, so, um, but, you know, I had swelling of the brain and some inflammation of the brain, and it's it's been a long, it's been wow. a long, you know, recovery coming back, I've, I've Amazingly enough, I had lost. I I have usually have a steel trap memory. I'd lost a lot of that. Um, it's back now. I think I've got. So we were. I got we, my we back. Were back. And that's why we're really having fun with it. I mean, things are starting to come yeah, back. I, and yeah, you know, you know, I had four months, three, four months of uh, some really severe migraines. And uh, did you ever think he might have a gun? Um, no, no. It mm-hmm. it was the like I said, it was the dumbest thing. I've ever, it really was. It was it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Southern and, California. Uh, it was, it was just, yeah. you know. Well, let's confirm with the profession. Was that a pretty dumb thing that he did? 
Yeah, and picturing the dog chasing the car when you catch it, what are you going to do? Yeah, I know. I mean, you're, it's, you're, you're chasing a car. I mean, you're on a car. Jim tells me, if he had used the, they did try to track my credit cards, and he never used them. And that was really, they tried to get, uh, use the cameras, and they couldn't really get anything from the cameras. I live in an unincorporated area in Tustin. And so, Maybe he was empathetic. He was like, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> I'm not going to charge it tonight. I'm not going to Amazon on this. It, it really created a, an interesting summer. You know, my, my team last year was uh, one of the most talented teams I've had, and, and yet it was one of the most frustrating teams I've ever had. And, and um, between that and the, the head injury, and, and I just had my gallbladder removed about a month before that, so that's why it, it kind of led to sure. this year stepping back from coaching and, and getting away from it and just kind of overlooking the organization and, and getting my health back. Rebalancing, right. Getting my health back. Right, right, right. Well, no one's going to uh, make that decision for us, so I've, I've learned a lot of those things the hard way as well, too. But, uh, so Jim deals with guys kind of not... I mean, same kind of scenario, but, you know, the guy pointed a gun at a cop or, he, you know, he's running from the cops. Somehow he ended up on the hood of the car, got chased by the cops or something. So that's why we sometimes, sometimes we, 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 we no, I, I didn't have anything. I, you know, I broke my, my, my Fitbit broke, but I tell you what, guys, my phone was fine. Nothing happened to it. And that was all that mattered to me. I got home. Priorities. And what kind of phone was it? <laughs> iPhone. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Every teenager on the planet thanks you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we mentioned the, the superhero analogy. The one one I I remember you telling us about the guy that thought he would watch too many movies or something and he jumped out of the window and thinking he was gonna land on the awnings and was gonna kind of lessen his fall. Yeah, it didn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> what about it real quick? It's funny, when you go through because it knocked at the door and he mm-hmm. thought the cops were after him, he just turned and ran. And he ran right through a sliding glass door, um, and it was probably about six or seven stories up. And he just landed on the, there was nothing down there except concrete. I mean, ouch. And uh, I remember when I go through the door, because I went into the apartment, and I'm looking at the window, and it's just jagged, you know, shattered glass. And I was expecting the outline, like you see in cartoons, you know, the shape of the guy going through. It's not like that at all. Um, and then when he hits... Not like the cartoon? No, no. <laughs> and then when he hits, it's totally different from the movies, let me tell you. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I won't get too graphic. And we, and we love to tie those in with the teams. All of a sudden, you know, you, you, you booted a ball and we kind of bring in. And, you know, when Jim chimes in, it's it's it's, it's pretty powerful when he does. So your, so your memory's coming back. How's coming back? Everything's... everything's Some of the memories that's coming up from you. Doug lost a little bit. Sometimes he wanders a little bit and and maybe should have went left or right. Or what was that story, Doug, we were talking about earlier? Did you sometimes directionally you're not sure where you're going? Was it a restroom? Was it a Oh he never knows where he's going, right? <laughs> oh boy, I think Sean's a little bit better telling that than me. But uh, sometimes when you're at tournaments or whatever, you're in a hurry you to get go. back to you're you well yeah, you you're in a hurry, you gotta use the bathroom and my age, I got to use one like uh, every other inning, especially when I drink a lot of water. So I uh, it was in Colorado, and uh, I went to use a restroom. And uh, not proudly, I actually went into the the women's restroom by mistake. And I and I went in. Wait, there. Wait, 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 this wasn't a national story. Though. By it mistake, was, I want to make sure. We, and it would have been a national story. It would have been a natural story if I would have stopped at the beginning, you know, where the mirrors and all that stuff. Or natural, but or I, natural. But I kept going. No, no, you, when you realize there's no urinals, that, 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 that kind that's of yeah. clue. So that's what you that were saying, clue. right? So that, that was the biggest clue. Okay. So you saw him right afterwards? Yeah, he comes to our, our um, 
back to the dugout and he's like, you won't believe what I just did. <laughs> I went into the woman's bathroom. So we had uh, we had fun with that the rest of that day. And then the next day I come back to the field and I let him know that um, I asked him if he'd seen the news. And he, and he didn't know what I saw. I'm like, yeah, they had this big story about this park. And he's like looking at me all. And I'm like, yeah, they talked about this elderly gentleman. That <laughs> so we never know with Doug. Anytime we kind of watch him now. When he leaves the dugout, we got to make sure he's going to end up where he's supposed to go. Still waiting for my hot dog. Though. Yeah, he's always asking for me to buy him something. Either him or Harrington needs food. Oh, and then the following story was about a guy that hands dollar bills to teenagers. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, dollar bills. Hey, let's, let's, you know, it doesn't look good on paper, Doug. It doesn't look good on paper. Here's one thing. We're behind the backstop. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the catcher's there, and he just the catcher is in the middle of the game. Come on over here, into her back. She puts it in her back pocket. My players always loved when Doug would come around. He'd come up and he'd start handing out dollar bills, and during the middle of the game, had you ever given a dollar bill and realized you didn't know the kid? You ever given a? Oh, given? Um, I see you at these games, so sometimes you might think it's someone. And what I'll do though, if I see a really impressive play, and it's not the reason why we lost or anything, but it's impressive play, and usually we're ahead, but still impressive. So it's impressive and you lost, you don't pay the game. No, no. <laughs> but he has a, he draws a line there, right? Criteria. I mean, I did it to his, I gave it to uh, to Brittany, and she gave it to your pitcher that right. time too. Yeah. So because Bruce would get, he'd go berserk if I ever did anything like that. So. Yeah, but I used to give uh, your players money too. Except I give them twenty dollar bills. Ah, yeah. You have to get creative, kind of like they I do had to, in incarceration. Like you had to there. fish it down the line. <laughs> so, uh, so are you going to pay somebody now, or you can, no? I always carry. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you got? What do you got? Dollar bills. A roll, a roll of, a roll of <laughs> He's got a roll of ones. <laughs> I always carry it with me. Always. We call him Dougie. What kind of reputation are you yeah. going for? Yeah. You know, you actually could. Since, this is going to come you know, our, our, our business mind. Mind. I, I, I think we make the Dougie Dollars and we, we Dougie Dollars. Yeah, with like the Mickey Dollars or whatever else there is. That is hilarious. I used to when I was coaching third base when a kid had hit a home run. Then it goes up to five bucks. If oh. it's a if it's a, a game winning home run, it's like grand or important game like that. Bianca so. Gonzalez twenty bucks for that game winning home run that she hit for I think it was Norco back. I think, oh she, yeah. 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 That's what he's like, what are you doing giving twenty dollars? It's only a dollar. <laughs> but I used to when they're rounding third base, I used to just hand them that. So I'm kinda of wondering the difference between generosity and like uh, illness. So like uh, either weekly or a month, can you give me an idea? Twenty bucks? Are you kidding? It's like, he, yeah, he, I, gives, it's out, he like, gives out at least fifty every day. I no, I give I would say it's about two hundred a week. Yeah. Hopefully that, that would make sense. I, yeah, wow. I would say that. Yeah, so a big tournament like that, Colorado's uh, 200 for the tournament. Well, so it's always raining around you. <laughs> I, you gave out at least 200 bucks last year in Colorado, except for during the, the rise ball sequences. Oh, <laughs> well, wait, now, now, I, I think I've seen him give you some Dougie Dollar. Yeah, yeah, if I have a good inning at third base, he'll come and give me one too. He went and should have laid it on the, yeah. on the, on the under or the over on that. If you capitalize on that. If, if I let the slappers bat, you know, if I do something he's happy with, still. Because he's going to figure out how much of that. He just did the math on 200 a week. He's going to get a good 30 of that. Like, he's going he's gonna to do the math on that and kind of figure out how to push that button. My gosh, that, that is hilarious. Well, we appreciate the fact that. Uh, Doug hasn't like sacrificed 
the championship stylistic coaching that he's had, uh, he's just rerouted it because we have these other things that we do with the cultures and stuff like that. So we appreciate the fact that it's not about the trophy first for them. It's not about the championship first. We're, we're working hard on getting him back to what, what really where he's kind of built his reputation. But it has just been a blast having him with, with Sean's organization and, and, uh, and, oh, and kind it. of the, the teams and everything that's happening. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So, you know. And, and I, there are going to be more great stories coming up. And I was telling Lucas that maybe at one time we just got to film us eating a meal because I think you're oh, almost enjoying that. Enjoyable guys to watch. Just a lot of napkins. A lot of napkins. A lot of napkins. <laughs> I, think, I think there's only one person that can match Doug when it comes to eating, and that would be Gary Hanning. And uh, and you you can probably attest to that because uh, we uh, we tease Gary all the time because every time he comes in, it's like getting a new shirt for him because he's going to have stains right here from uh, mm-hmm. from dropping the food down all the time. And, uh, I was to between that and coffee stains or when they yeah, want to hot chocolate is all over his white shirt every time. <laughs> the girls, they know. This is actually a brand new shirt that Jim is wearing, but we call it the lived-in kind of stained look. Yeah. So it looks like he's had it for about 20 years, but it actually is like right off the rack. It's actually pretty cool. We, you know, you have to understand the coach's lifestyle and kind of like how, how that works. Warm so. and wear, not wash and wear. Yeah, you know, that's it. So... So what do we got coming up? Uh, we're all on high school break, and so you got you guys got high school season right now, yeah, right? So just yeah. trying to scramble and get your games in. And- yeah, with the rain, uh, games have already been postponed a little bit. Not a lot of practice, some indoor stuff. You know, our field's a mess, but that's you know pretty much for everybody. So, um, you know, but we're not you know we're not doing Laughlin this year. So I know Doug will be out there. We're not doing that this year, first time for mm-hmm. a while. But um, you know, that's an expensive play. tournament for it. Yeah, <laughs> personally, right? It's easier when you're coaching the team, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, no, just uh, for me and then, uh, you know, some of the younger teams in the program get out, work with them, and then try to see our teams as we get a little bit closer to summer and uh, get ready and then get, you know, signed up for whatever Brett needs us to get signed up for. I'm sure you'll remind me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so yep, yep, yep. make sure I don't miss a payment deadline or something. I think it's coming up, right? It's coming up. It's coming up, yeah. I got to make sure I get my payments in. We does just, you know, we almost become relying on it to a fault where it's just like he's going to remind us of what we need to do, well, do you, yeah, there's no doubt the you know he's awesome because even you know through the years there's been times even a couple years ago where uh roman had forgotten to get our you know 14 team into something and you know he just sends a reminder hey is your you know is your team going to be part of you know this or whatever and so i appreciate the fact that he's always looking at it. nobody has a better you know again it's your knowledge of all the players and all the programs it, it amazes me. I know faces like I, I forget names sometimes, but I'll remember a kid by you know the, you know see them and it's like. But and you know the funny thing is, just when it comes to high school, I I don't watch a lot of high school ball. I'll be honest because I usually during the high school season I'm actually trying to go out and watch as many of my players in college. Like this weekend I'll go out to Marionetta and right. spend a weekend out there, and then we'll be with Judy Garman's coming up, and so but um. It, so it's it's hard. So I, a lot of times I was like, "Who's that kid?" Oh, now I know who they are. Okay, then I can tell you exactly who they're for. And, and sometimes we don't hear you say very often, "Who's that kid?" Exactly. Went to a PGF event and uh, Brett was checking us in, and every single one of our players that walked up, he would say before he even knew the name, before they said their name, he said their name and what school they're going to. Wow. Yeah, it kind of freaks some kids out here yeah. and every once in a while. There was a few years where that's kind, <laughs> kind of how we would, out a he bit, would open you know? up the conversation well, with that. He would kind of walk up and go, that's how that, that's how that, that's how that. And you're like, who are you? Like, and it was just like, whoa, this yeah, guy is like, he tells Central. Every single kid, by without them saying a name, by, he knew their name, where they were going, and all that. that was, that's that was actually cool. how I got started with ESPN. Um, I was actually up at a UCLA game, and... Um, 
Kara Capuano was sitting right in front of me, and I was sitting with a couple of the Hurricanes, the women's majors coaches, and and I remember I think Kendall Fern was playing. It was uh, uh, Vegas was playing UNLV, and I was like, yeah, she played at TNL, and I was just kind of going through the different players, and and the lady Kara Capuano who was working for ESPN as a broadcaster at the time turned around and says, how do you know all these kids? And, and they're like, he knows everybody, and it, it just she ended up asking me if I would write for her. Um, she was going to do a, a regional the following weekend, which was Washington. It was back in Georgia, I think, and. And so, obviously, Washington at the time had a bunch of Marty's kids. So, you know, I got I knew most of those kids, and, and I did a write-up for her, and she used it. And she actually got hired full-time by ESPN after that weekend. And then she turned me, introduced me to Mega Ronowitz, and, and that's how they ended up hiring me and got to work there for three years, which was, was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Well, I think it's really important because it's allowed the, the outer kind of um... – areas of the, of our sport to get connected with the inside, you know, connectivity of giving, giving insight to what's really happening. I think that's the, you know, we start off talking about the ESPN coverage with the college game. And I was mentioning to Lonnie Alameda, it's, it's allowing the audience to see a stronger connection now with those players. So the fact that ESPN is doing so many more things, it didn't look like, um, it looked like I was watching King from Florida State. The, the camera was running in between games, and she was talking to some fans. And it looked like professional sports with professional fans talking to a professional athlete, where it didn't look like a softball player talking to her friends blah, 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 at a softball field. It looked like a legitimate professional sport venue. And I just thought it was great. Like, man, we're, we're kind of there, like what ESPN's doing. And so it's going to really kind of humanize and connect a lot of the younger kids with the personalities of these college kids, which I think is just going to do nothing but benefit. The development, it's, it's amazing because, you know, that was in 08, 09, and 010 that I was writing for them. And, and, I mean, I think in 08 and 09, I was maybe writing, covering maybe 50, 60 games. And how many are they doing this year? 1,200? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, yeah. it just shows you how far they've come. And I remember in 010, I think it was in 011, she's like, yeah, we're going to be doing like 125 games this year. And, and I think that's really when the sports information directors really started taking taking over. And that's when it got to be where these the SIDs for each of these schools really started having to step their game up with the, with the college softball. But sure. You know, yeah. what, what drives that is the fact that people are watching. Right. And if they don't watch, they... ESPN's not going to invest in it if not, right? And so what I was told was that they get way more viewership than than baseball. Oh, absolutely. baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. We just published the article about it being a legit revenue. It's revenue. It, 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 it really is. I think it's third, right? You see it on, on you, it, SEC, I mean, uh, Big Ten... Uh, ESPN. Well, that's what ESPN with PGF when they started do, doing that, they they finally started wanting to get in, and they well, realized softball. Well. You know, softball was just really starting to grow, and you know, and we're able to do that All American game and and the 18s on champ on on TV, yeah. on live. See, and I think venues like 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 that, like the Stadium Field at Barber, I think that's really important when you're doing TV games, especially for. Um, uh, higher levels of play, yep. you know, so you, know, you think about it, we see college basketball, women's basketball teams, and obviously, you know, they're in the same arenas that the men's are, but, right. you know, you don't really, you're not going to see them playing at parks, you're not going to see them playing at these off-site where it looks like, wow, Tennessee here, and that's that's probably the only thing, and I know it's going to continue to get better, is like the last weekend, um, I know the field conditions were good, some of the seating looked a little bit like it wasn't real big. Well, the ball's going on to the next field. You know, yeah, yeah. So that's, and that's stuff that we deal with, <laughs> but, you know, what yeah. they ultimately 
deserve. So I can hardly wait for for corporate minds to get involved and say, "Hey, look, we want to we want to provide more venues, more things like that," because it, it's just going, you know. So it'll be interesting to see as the as the sport continues to evolve, and then we get older, so we go the opposite direction. So I'm glad your memory's back because yeah. I mean, we say, "Hey, remember when Brett used to be able to remember everybody?" And <laughs> we just have a conversation. So as we all kind of do what we're going to do, but we're going to kind of stay along with it with it with the with the timeline of softball too. So guys, thanks. It goes by fast. We had a timeline on this, but uh, I tell you, we'll, we'll get back in here again. There's plenty to talk about. Well, I think we only really hit the funny stories for about five or 10 minutes. So maybe we'll start with well, that next time. There's plenty back. with Doug. Trust me. There's plenty. I, Morton, have me back. I'll come back. This is just good. I, for, I, you know what it's good? Back, and it's a good break for us. Plus I could say to the people out there, if, if they're listening because they're entertained, you're going to get some insight, but most of all, look at there's, there's plenty of, uh, of negativity, but we need good stuff. We need stuff to people to be. Like I said, when entertainment meets softball and we can provide insight, education, we can empower, uh, there's a lot of good things that come from it. So that's all we're trying to do. Like I said, we I always tell people, look, if it's not entertaining the first 30 seconds, go enjoy your day, do stuff. But right now we just had a good hour and a little more than that. And so appreciate you guys coming in and we'll could, we'll, we'll do it again I, soon. Can I do something that's not softball? Because that's been worrying me ever since he talked about holding on to his cell phone. <laughs> And I and and I got to thinking back when there were no cell phones, and one of my heroes was Superman. And I don't know what the hell he'd do now. Clark Kent had to go into a phone booth to get changed. What's a phone booth? There were no phone booths. That worries me. And there'd be nothing special about Dick Tracy, right? Because he had the what the the. Oh yeah, the the, the, the watch. Oh, yeah, that's well, just he's got that now. The players these days wouldn't know what a phone booth is. They don't know what pagers are. They don't know what any of that stuff is. You know. Well, now you look at the superheroes now that they have on TV yeah. right now, and they're doing some some pretty awesome things. So. Well, thank you for having me in. No, oh, thank you, Brett. Thanks, yeah, like, and uh, we're going to go have some food for anyone wants to go have some lunch, and we'll see yeah. everybody here next time in the studio. Thanks for watching. Mm-hmm.